light, y'all. You are listening to another episode of The Spiritual Homegirl, where we discuss all things regarding self-development and bettering your spirit, but from the homie perspective, somebody who's going through the journey day by day, just like you. Hey, y'all. It's your girl, Maria, The Spiritual Homegirl, and we are back with another episode of The Spiritual Homegirl Podcast. Now, before we get started, you know I cannot do any episode without thanking you all for listening out of the tens and thousands of podcasts that are in podcast land. You choose to lend me your ears once a week for about an hour or so, and I hella appreciate that. So shout out to those who noticed that I've moved hosting platforms for the show. I love Anchor. Anchor Anchor.fm is the wave for me at this moment. I was on SoundCloud just starting up, didn't know no better, and I realized that for the the direction I want to grow the show, moving to a more podcast-centered platform, not a music-based one like a SoundCloud, was actually more beneficial. And you'll hear me talk about that more in greater detail as the show progresses on Anchor. But I think that for those that are wanting to start a podcast, whether it's from your phone or whether you have audio just to upload, I think Anchor might be a solid bet. Not only can you check your analytics, they also give you opportunities for sponsorships as well as letting you dis- uh, distribute your podcast to damn near every platform that podcasts are heard, which I think is great. So shout out to those who are new to listening to me on Pocket Cast as well as Overcast. Hey, y'all. So I'm really happy to be where I think I belong as a podcast in terms of my podcasting platform. It's really important. I'm all about aligning and being where I belong. So my podcast is no different. So, um, yeah, today is Valentine's Day or whatever. I don't celebrate. Shout out to y'all if y'all do. No shade or judgment if you do. Um, I'm not going to be the super woke chick that fucks y'all holiday up by telling y'all the history of the Valentine's Day. I'm going to let y'all do that research on your own if you want to. <laughs> Let's just say it's not love related, okay? So, if you're celebrating Valentine's Day or Galentine's Day or Love by Myself Day, whatever you do, you have fun and you enjoy yourself, okay? Just because somebody celebrated and it's commercialized don't mean you got to partake. You can flip it in, reverse it, and do how you want to do like Missy say. For me, Thanksgiving is not Thanksgiving. Thanksgiving is the 4th Thursday in November where I kick it with my family and we eat a whole bunch of food and love on each other and have a good time. So you can flip it and do whatever you want to do. Why? Because it's your journey and it's your experience. Own that shit, you know? So this episode will be about dating. I've been single for about three and a half years now. Well, no, no, no. Ooh, I'm over here putting on time. About three years, actually. A week, about a week from now will be three years if you listen to the episode of my ex, the last episode, you'll know the timeline and the dates of when we actually broke up, which ain't really too too far from uh from today. So, um, and I'm talking like dating as a grown-ass woman. We ain't talking about no puppy love shit. I've noticed some things that I and some of my loved ones have gone through, and I'm using my as well as their experiences with permission, of course, and anonymously, to talk about some of the things that I've noticed that have been common things on the dating scene. So, um, wait, 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 I'm feeling good. You know what? I'm about to, hold on, let me get my cards. Something is telling me before we get to reading the truth, we should get to reading the cards. So I'm going to get my cards and I'm going to shuffle. We're going to get the message for today. It has been a very long time since I have done a on-air reading. So with that being said... Let me get my gratitude where it needs to go. And let me get the message of what animal medicine is appropriate for not only myself, but for you all that's listening. All right. All right, let's cut it up, cut it up one time. 
bear with me y'all i'm doing this like low-key with a, a little rig with this mic so i don't drop the mic so So, the card that I pulled was the Lynx. I rarely pull this card. <laughs> because Lynx is the damn keeper of secrets. Okay. So, Lynx medicine is basically associated with clairvoyance. Seeing and sensing what is there, but you can't really quite see is there. Psychic ability, almost. Also, it talks about... <sighs> Lynx is not only the person who guards your, your shit. It's the person that knows your shit, right? So, <laughs> ironically, <laughs> oh, man, I don't, know how, I don't know how to take this. Because Lynx can sometimes mean don't run your mouth. Or Lynx can mean... <laughs> Embrace the secrets that you forgot about yourself, about your personal power and listening to your higher self and being still and accepting that clairvoyant nature that you have, the ability to sense things with that third eye and to make sure you're not fucking with nobody's trust in the process. Now, the thing about these things I'm going to share is that I asked these particular people, could I share their experience with permission? They're cool with it. <laughs> it's a never have the know-it-all syndrome and then actually you know let me, let me let me put these down okay the funny thing about that about the whole know-it-all syndrome is that today i was actually going to debut a new segment called the mistake mixtape where i talk about a mistake that i made over some bomb ass beats <laughs> because i want to do something different i want to convey that i am not above anything that i say I understand that everybody's grown and they have the right to accept or reject what makes sense or doesn't make sense to them. And I would never want to come off like I'm better than because I'm not. I'm learning on the journey just like y'all. So I think that's really funny that I pulled that card um, <laughs> because I wasn't even going to intro the segment, bro. I was going to just go through with it and y'all were just going to learn <laughs> based on how it was. Um, so, you know. I thought it'd be a cool idea. Um, I noticed people have been hitting me up lately talking about people have been kind of taken from some of the things that I do. And um, I'm pretty sure this probably would be no different. But nobody can do me like me, just like nobody can do you like you. So I'm going to do what the fuck I want to do. And I hope y'all do the same. So with that being said, let's go ahead and get into this episode, shall we? Dating observation number one. Time and energy are not synonymous. And the reason why I say that is because... I know sometimes you say, oh, well, I'm not going to put out until 90 days. Or, oh, you're not solid until I've known you. Actually, I had somebody tell me that they don't consider people to be friends until they've known them for five years. I'm like, so you mean to tell me that you're going to let somebody be an imposter for five years so you call them a friend and they might end up fucking you over in the long run anyway? I just feel like when you know certain things about people, that's not time sometimes. That's energy. And energy don't lie. A motherfucker can lie to your face all day, but energy does not lie. They might lie to you, but if you're in tune with that intuition and that discernment is on point, it ain't going to lie to you, bro. You can know somebody for three years, 
five years. And on five years of one day, they're going to keep doing the same bullshit. You're going to be like, you know what? I knew something was off about you. You might think I'm a friend after five years, but I, I, I don't, my, something doesn't sit right about you. I'm going to go ahead and bounce. Or a dude might play nice them first little 90 days because he already know. She already going to hold out because she going to make me wait. I'm going to do whatever I want to do to get in where I fit in. And once I get what I want, I'm going to have the leverage and I'm going to play how I want to play her. So I just feel like time is not a good end all indicator of whether somebody is a viable dating partner or not. Sometimes you might not even know what exactly it is about that person that's off. You might be like, yo, like you cool and I like you, but you like 85% from me. It's that 15%. I don't know why. But I really think something's off about you, bruh, and I can't figure it out. You know what I'm saying? Like, sometimes that's your intuition telling you, hey, don't waste no more time with this person. This person ain't right. And then you be that got into a situation two years later, and you're like, I knew I should have dated you. I've been there before, so I can relate. It's like, damn, I should have listened to my intuition. You wasn't deserving. So, you know, that's just not a, a good indicator of, or the best, I should say, in terms of whether somebody's a viable dating partner. So the second observation I learned is that if they're not trying to communicate, don't force them. Just bounce. Because some people might be bad communicators, but if they really fuck with you, at least in my experience, if they really fuck with you, they'll try. They'll try. And some people don't want to. Some people just want to deal with you how they deal with you on their terms. They don't give a fuck about your terms. So if they're not willing to at least meet you halfway, stop going the entire mile for them. You'll be fighting someone to love them. And I feel like you shouldn't have to fight someone to love them. I feel like if someone has to make you jump through hoops and hell of fire to love them, to me, it's not worth it. It's not worth the heartache or the pain. I shouldn't have to be in pain to love you. So um, <clears throat> that's another thing that I've noticed. Observation. You know, I'm not going to number these. Let's just keep going. Next observation. The representative is cute. But it ain't sustainable. Case in point, gentleman behavior. Some of the shittiest men that I've dated have been stone cold gentlemen. Open all your doors. You don't touch a dough. You don't touch your purse. You don't lift a finger. But they act like some sociopathic assholes in the end. It's an ego thing. They want to look good. They want to look nice in your eyes. They care about the perception. So what they do is, like on Fake Ass Boo on Energy Vampires on episode 75, if you have not listen, definitely tap in. They posture and they come off as if they're something that is like unicornish. And unicornish is something that seems rare. That's what I call dudes that present as, um, you know, special or different, you know, unicornish. You know, they present a certain way because they know that most of their counterparts or their peers ain't hitting on shit. So they do the other things to kind of appear as if they're going the extra mile. And um, then that's kind of like a cover-up. It's a cover-up for the shit they hide in their baggage, the personality issues, the um, unhealed traumas. And I feel like there's nothing wrong with having unhealed traumas and having issues if you're working through them. But presenting as if your ass is free and clear, that's some bullshit. And I think, you know... That's the representative is cute, but it's not sustainable because you can only put up with that act for so long. Most people ain't that good at it long term because the ego needs immediate satisfaction. 
So once something appears to be out of their reach or out of their control or something they can't leverage over you, that's when they cut the fuck up. And you're like, I knew you was on some bullshit. I knew it. I knew it the whole time. I knew it. You was out here opening doors and you just, you terrible on the inside. Damn, bro, that sucks. Granted, this goes for both men and women, but I've dated only men at this point in the juncture. So that's all I can speak on. Next one. There is no perfect mate. I remember my ex on the show was saying, hey, you know, you know, I'm not trying to date broken people. You know, if you're working through things, cool. But, you know, I'm, I only want to date a certain kind of person. I said I'm bringing wholeness to the table, you know, being a whole being. But I didn't say I was bringing perfection. Know that. I got a mouth. I I will pop off. Now, when I say pop off, I don't mean I'm going to disrespect you and your mama because I'm mad at things like that. But, you know, when something's wrong, I'm not very cute and docile. Men that date me say I have a tone or, oh, let me not. That's not like shade. Nope, I'm going to say it anyway. Men that don't know how to handle a woman who knows how to communicate what she wants, what she don't want, that comes automatically off as being too strong or too independent. And my ex never had a problem with that, if you guys listened to the last episode, because he's very confident and secure in his position as a man. So I can say some shit, and I can be direct like this, and he's not going to take offense because he knows at the end of the day, he's still a man. In regards to what I say, I'm not disrespecting him. So there's no need to be intimidated or offended by my tone. And usually a man that has been offended in any way, shape, or form by my tone, when it was not meant to be disrespectful, is a person who was intimidated with a strong woman for whatever reason. And I find out later on down the line there were some issues and things like that. Now, all men aren't like this. It's just the men in my experience, I could never rock with them hardcore because if you're going to get that pissy about a tone and you're automatically intimidated because I'm direct with you, because most men think women are weak and emotional sometimes. They think that women are the, they think they're the, the, the how do I say it? The weaker gender, honestly. They think that they constantly need love and affection, which could be true. But they also think that that's, that leads to a super emotional inability to communicate, um, inability to be logical kind of um, mindset. And when you're used to dealing with a whole bunch of emotional women, that could probably be your mindset. But you got to understand all women are not like that. Just like they say all men ain't trash. All women are not hella emotional and all women are not going to cry their way through things. Some women want to gather your ass up. They'll cry and they'll still gather your ass up with objective facts. And I feel like some men that can't handle that part, the ability to formulate proper logic and things that make sense, that low-key be intimidating men. And, I mean, I don't know why, um, unless you're trying to take advantage of a woman by knowing that you're more logical than she is, if that's the case. But I've noticed that that's always kind of been an issue that I've had. I've had it a lot, but the three times I've had it, I was like, all right, these three people – Ended up being folks that I couldn't fool with in the long term because they be on some bullshit. Different frequencies, you feel me? So, it happens. Next. Oh, wait, wait, let me go back. So, going back to their, their not being a perfect mate, you can easily say, well, Maria, those men aren't perfect. Why wouldn't you fool with them? Because we could be connected, but like I always say, we're not compatible. And I feel like you can be compatible with somebody who's not perfect, meaning they're perfect for you. If you're willing to help work with them through some things that's not a deal breaker, then I don't see the problem. If it's something as simple as this person leaves the toilet seat up or this person could probably be a better 
cook in the kitchen. This person could be a better um, or be neater around the house. Or this person needs to work on being on time. Things like that. Little, little things will make us automatically imperfect mates. And we ain't talking about non-negotiables like hitting people, emotional manipulation, verbal abuse, physical abuse, infidelity if that's your non-negotiable. We're not talking about those. We're talking about things that little yangs, a little irritable, you know, irritable things, you know, but nothing that's going to be a super uh deal breaker, you know? Um so there's no perfect mate, but I just don't want y'all to discount a partner on some little shit and then you may have missed I right, well, I'm not going to say miss your blessings cuz what's for you is for you, but I just don't want you to purposely push somebody away. Looking for perfection. With number one, we ain't perfect. And number two, some of those things can be worked through. So that's one thing I've noticed on the journey. There is no perfect mate. And also, if they pop off in anger and they get real, real, real disrespectful, you might want to watch that later on down the line. That's a red flag. And as somebody who used to have a bad temper... I would say some badass shit in anger, and I've said some things in the past, not even relationships, but in general, when I was younger, much younger. But I've said some things to where people took a very long time to forgive me because when I used to be angry, I used to drag, drag, and I'm going to drag whoever I need to to get under your skin. If I got to drag you and all I got to take is, you know, just dragging you by yourself, then cool. If I got to drag your partner, I'll drag your partner. Drag your homies, I'll drag your homies too. So it's kind of like when people... When I used to do that, right, I would do that because I wasn't getting the attention I wanted or the response I wanted. So when that happens, you have to keep picking people apart in order to get the response you want. Now, granted, my response, I'm not going to excuse it at all. Back in the day, it was all, most of the time, maybe 95% defense. When somebody pissed me the fuck off and it was coming for me because I just like to stay out of the way. So if you came for me, that means you had to come out your way and then I have to kind of come back and go the extra mile to show you not to come in this direction, doesn't make it right. You know, doesn't make it right at all. But in relationships, when somebody goes that hard for you and comes for you that hard in relationships, that's going to be, I guarantee, I could put money on this, that's going to be the beginning of a toxic ass bond. Because if somebody cannot just sit the fuck down and let things boil over and chill, and let it blow over, give it some time, that means they're not patient. That means they don't know how to just let shit rock. That shit is hazardous. That shit is dangerous sometimes. Because when you're emotionally responding immediately like that, and both tempers are high, and they flare up, and somebody somebody's liable to black out, and you don't know what's going to happen. Shit escalates very quickly when you don't have time to let a cool head exist, let alone let cooler heads prevail. So when somebody wants to pop off and constantly get on your skin under anger and start attacking you, and then when you don't respond, they keep attacking you some more, and they want to bring up your insecurities or they bring up things you told them in confidence, that's a deal breaker for me. If I tell you something is truth and I trust you and I tell your ass in confidence you want to use it against me, I'm automatically game over in your ass, meaning it's over. I don't fuck with nobody that will use my truth that it took me being vulnerable to say against me. Now, y'all grown. As I always say, y'all grown. Y'all free to do whatever you want to do. But if somebody ever uses your truth against you to attack you because they can't let shit ride and they mad, I will watch their ass. 
you only only you only you're gonna know whether that's worth uh, you know walking away from or whether that situation is even viable in the long term. But I know for me, you use my truth against me. It's a wrap. We're done. So just watch what people say out of anger and watch how hard they go too when they don't get the response they want. Um, everybody has had a crazy moment or two, and crazy is subjective, just like hoe is subjective. So what might be hoe to you might not be hoe to somebody else. Everybody's had a situation where they were considered a hoe or crazy or whatever by whomever, based on whoever's standards. That's why it's very important to have your own standards and move accordingly. Have your moral compass, your code, your non-negotiables, and you live within that. But I've had situations where I did not want to speak to someone, somebody's grown-ass son, a couple years ago. And this grown-ass son did not quite understand it. He threw a tantrum on my birthday. Because I was not with him for my birthday. And I explained to him that I was a single woman. And I did not need to have a date for my birthday. And if I had wanted to have a date. It had to be him. I said that respectfully by the way. I know that sounds kind of wrong. <laughs> the way that came out. And this person proceeded to call me. From a club bathroom. And cuss me out. Tried to. And I hung up. I was like ooh no no no. I don't get cussed out on my birthday. Fuck that. No. We're, we're not even going to do that. And um, it wasn't in a situation where I was, like, really involved with this person. I only went on, what was it, four dates with this person. So it wasn't like we were seriously dating. So I didn't really understand. And he was also drunk at the time, too. So who knows? Either way, I don't do tantrums. So I was like, cool, I'll let you rock, give you a space. He started texting me, though. A lot. A whole lot. And I was like, hey, let's just be cool. This situation ain't going to work. You know? personality wise you know this is you know I'm at an age where I'm not really trying to deal with this type of thing so you know I wish you the best I won't speak any ill will towards you I keep it cool I keep it cool when I when I separate like I don't really have time to be slandering people and talking shit about them and things like that you know like I'll just unless it's to defend my name or something like that which hasn't happened um I normally keep it cool when I disconnect because I don't need that energy coming back around me you know what I'm saying like let's just end it on a cool vibe I send you love but, like, leave me the fuck alone, bro. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, it's all love. Just leave me alone. So I was cool, and I thought everything was cool. And he did not want to hear that. I think after the 13th message, I just blocked the number. I said, oh, this ain't going to work. 13 messages. Okay, cool. I started getting FaceTime calls from three different numbers. I'm like, wow. So this particular grown-ass son was using other people's phones to call me. On FaceTime, he really wanted to talk and work things out. And I'm like, and again, this is what I mean about not letting shit ride. You might think that you're going the extra mile by fighting for your love. And some people may want that kind of attention. But for people like me, that comes off a little scary and a little stalkerish. You know what I'm saying? Like, and I, and I understand, like, when you really want something to work out and you really just want something to just be understood and to be clarified and you may not want to sit on it because you don't want to be misunderstood and it's a horrible feeling to be, to be misunderstood. Sometimes going the extra mile to be understood by somebody who just wants to conserve their energy and just chill out, it can come off all bad. It can, it can come off, it can come off kind of stalkery and kind of scary. So, um, you know, it's sometimes it's just cool to let things ride and maybe you guys in a couple of days or whatever you guys can have a conversation and actually be able to properly articulate without it being so high stakes emotional you know so next observation i noticed 
Ghosting. I had an actual opinion on this. I get both sides, right? I always say all the time, I don't owe nobody shit. I say that a lot. And technically, I don't. You don't either. I feel like at this point, the only thing I owe is myself to live in my truth, to embrace and love myself, and to experience each journey as a day-by-day adventure. That's the only shit I owe, if we're going to keep it honest. That's how I feel. But I do throw out a lot of courtesies. And I feel like if I'm dating somebody or if I'm getting to know somebody and they're invested in me, even if it's a 1% emotional investment, and I peep that, sometimes you may not know, but if I peep that somebody's emotionally invested in me and I don't really see it for them like that, to help them not waste their time anymore, I'd rather just tell them, like, I'm not in the market to date like this. Or I'm seeing somebody. If, if I am seeing somebody, I'll tell them, like, you know, I'm seeing somebody, whatever. Or, you know, this may not be a good fit. This isn't a good time. Or, you know, personality-wise, we're not necessarily on the same page. That's a hard conversation to have because some people don't respond well. Or you may not want people to hate you if you don't like confrontation or you don't want to argue. But it has to be said. To me, I feel like to go somebody is low-key kind of like it's disrespectful to a degree. Regardless of what you have going on, I, I mean, I've seen so many different topics. That's why I'm trying to be careful with my words because I understand both sides. But somebody has said something to the effect of ghosting is a form of self-care, right? And I get that. But if you're at a point where... Telling somebody that they're not a good fit or telling somebody you need space is too hard. I need space, bro. I need space, bro. That's four words. If you are in a space to where four words is too much, you might not need to be out here dating. Keep it a buck. I'm not Dr. Ruth. I'm not Iyanla Van Zandt. Shit, I'm nowhere close. But I know one thing, if I cannot tell somebody, because everybody got their own experience, but I know for me, if I am not in a position to tell somebody I need space, I probably should not be entertaining nobody. There's probably something I need to work on in terms of myself before I start jumping in and involving other people in my shit. Because I feel like when people ghost, folks, there's a, a, a... full like variety of reasons that's why people ghost other people and every situation is different I understand that I understand that I feel that but I feel like if you going through some shit at least let people know what the fuck you dealing with because now that people care about you they're invested in you regardless of the expectation of what they want if they really want to see your ass win they care about you and they love you to just dip out it's now throwing people into a tailspin of worrying of, oh, no, are they okay? Have they harmed themselves? Sometimes people don't give a fuck about what they did. They can actually get over their own ego for the sake of seeing if you're good or if we're good. You know? So I feel like ghosting, if you ain't feeling them, I'm not feeling you. Another four words. If you have not gotten to a place where you can't stand up in your own truth and your own words to say that shit, should you really be dating? Because it takes two people to date. 
It ain't just us that be dating. We have to actually get someone else with a whole ass brain, a whole emotional system, a whole, you know, functioning spiritual nature. We have to get somebody's whole ass being to come deal with us. And then we're going to bounce. That shit wild. That shit hella wild to me. So again, I mean, ghosting, I get it. Sometimes you got to do what you got to do. But if four words is too hard to say, I need space. BRB, <laughs> be right back, be back later. Like, if you can't do that, then you probably should think twice about getting someone else emotionally invested in you. Seriously. I know that sounds like judgment. And the way I look at it is, as much as everybody want to dictate to me what spiritual homegirl should be, I feel like discernment is a form of judgment. And if you have to make the discernment and the judgment on yourself that you ain't really in the space for that, at least tell them that you're not in the space for anything serious or you're a ghoster. I actually had a dude. <laughs> I respect dudes that's, that's upfront about that shit. I respect it. That actually makes me want to deal with a dude more or at least accept him more as a potential partner, if he can be upfront with his shit. I remember this one dude I was um interested in. He told me, he said, I be catting off. He was from Oakland. He was like, I be catting off, bro. I be taking off. I be ghosting. <laughs> and I was like, mind you, we was just friends at the time. But I was like, you know what? You full of shit for that. But I said, I can respect that because at least you know that about yourself. And, um, you know, we still cool to this day. He's still, you know, he's still cute or whatever, you know, but I knew at the time I could only get so much out of this person because this person told me what it was. And that, and on the flip, if somebody tells you who they are, believe them, believe them, sis, or as April say, sir, sir, if he tell you he broke it, sir, leave him alone or Know that you finna deal with a man whose actions are coming out of him being broken. Sir, if he or she tells you they just want a sexual relationship and they don't want nothing else with you other than that. And they're moving within their agreement. Could you really be upset if they told you up front what it was going to be? And you wanted more? You thought you could change it? Sometimes we do that. Now, if somebody's out here bullshitting you and lying because they want sex out of you, which has happened, that's a that's a whole nother situation. That's just them being a shitty person, not being able to be upfront and be clear because they know they're not going to get what they want. They honest because honesty is the best policy, but they don't get what you want. So I get that. But if somebody is clear and upfront with you, which is kind of hard for people in the days of fronting, if it ain't for social media, it's for whatever social status or whatever it is. If somebody is very clear and honest about their bullshit, Accept that and don't try to change it. Because at the end of the day, sometimes we'll push it on people and say, well, if you love me, you would do this. When in actuality, self-love, at least in my book, is always going to trump love for somebody else. Because I feel like the change that's going to be made, I hate using the word trump now. Gosh, I got to find a new substitute for that. Supersede? Yeah. Self-love will, y'all know why I don't like the word trump. But anyway, it'll supersede the love for somebody else. Because I know for me, when I've tried to make changes or when my old mate has tried to make changes for me, it never stuck because they never wanted to do that shit. No way. If they wanted to do it, they would have did it. You know what I'm saying? So if they don't want to change for them, what makes us think that 
our influence is going to be better than their own influence, their own willpower, their own power to do it. So if somebody tells you they ain't shit, believe them. Some might run for the hills. Some might run even more, even faster. But just know that whatever you're dealing with, they don't warn you. Don't take them threats or them warnings lightly. They trying to tell you something. So that's another thing. The next observation. Let's see. If they lie about something small, they lie about anything. I've been told that was a myth. I have yet to see that myth disproven in my own experience. Prime example, there was a gentleman that was trying to see me. I had an age cap at the time. I was not going three years older. And he said, oh, I'm four years older. I said, okay, well, four years older. Not too bad, right? And um, I still was kind of like, eh, four years is kind of, I know y'all probably like, damn, girl, that's you tripping off four years? Yeah, I did. I did the time. Um, and I was grown. I was legal. I was like nine. 19, 18, 19, yeah, 19, 19. And I was like, you know, 23, you know, I don't really want to go too, too old. Man, how about this whole man was six years older than me? Six years. And I only found out because he had dropped his ID when we was about to go out. And I picked up his ID. And I said, 19, what? I said, why the fuck would you lie about six years? Technically, he told me he was four years older than me. So my thing is, why would why would you lie about two little years? This man had been lying to me the whole time. And I then found out he was hiding a whole ass. Well, technically, she said she was a fiance, but I think it was a girlfriend. This fool had a girlfriend the whole time. So it was kind of like, damn, bro. Like, if you lie about something that small, you'll lie about anything. Why lie about something small? Why be so scared as a grown-ass adult and telling truth? Like, what is the other person going to do? Like they say in Atlanta, you ain't going to whoop my ass, though. And even if you was going to try to whoop ass, it's on somebody else's truth. You can't be mad at somebody else's truth. So why lie? If you're living your truth and you're doing what you want to do, why lie? Just like with cheating. If you're going to cheat on your partner, you knew you was going to do that shit. You didn't mean to do it, but you did it anyway. Why lie about that shit? That's what you wanted to do. You could consider the other person, but you didn't want to. That's why you did what the fuck you wanted to do. Why lie about that? When your partner asking if you're cheating and you want to be honest, but you can't, why? Because you know that your truth is unacceptable to them because it brought some kind of agreement that you had. So rather than just admit it and come clean and say, yo, the agreement to myself is more important you're going to placate them and tell them lies or deny or do whatever. And now this person is kind of feeling like, damn, you low-key play me when they find out. Because you couldn't just be honest. We grown. Leave your truth. Ain't nobody going to beat your ass. Well, well, I don't know. If you, get, if you get caught cheating, I've seen some reactions. I've seen some real reactions. But it's almost like, what is somebody grown going to do to you for being honest about your truth? Tell the truth. What's another thing? Oh, yeah, so just kind of take note of them lies. Now, I know some of y'all men like to talk about women lie all the time. They hair, they eyes, they body. Look, don't nobody got time for that shit, okay? No matter what the presentation of a woman is, if you're really trying to get to know a woman for underneath all that, how she presents shouldn't matter. Honestly. If she was fine, that was obviously enough to get you in. Now, is she a good person? Is she a good woman? 
I feel like that's more important than the outside. And honestly, the outside pulled your ass anyway. So why judge her for that? Apparently, that's what you like and that's what you responded to. So why judge a woman because she wants to enhance her beauty? There's men out here getting whole ass hairlines. About to have kids that's going to be balding at 26. All because y'all want to get hairlines and don't want to sell women. We can say the same thing. Or angles. Angles on pictures. I mean, I've heard, I've seen so many things. But if you're only trying to... If you're, if you're trying to, like, actually get to know somebody underneath all that, is that really something that's, a, that's, that's worth really kind of causing an argument about? Is it really? Because even though men don't have much to hide like women do, a lot of men ain't getting weaves on their wigs um, or wigs on their hairline or their beard or their mustache. A lot of men are not getting fake nails. A lot of men are not getting lipo or butt transfers or boobs or whatever, whatever implants, calf implants, chin implants, whatever. But I know some men that act like a whole different ass dude. And once you have sex with them, they're a whole different person or dudes will lie and be a certain way and present as a gentleman and they full of shit. There's dudes that lie and act like they got money and they broke as fuck. There's dudes that lie and say that they are dating and they're single, but they have whole-ass live-in girlfriends, fiancés, and wives at home and children. So I feel like when I hear men say that shit, it's almost like, come on, bro. Like, you could say that argument for everything. Somebody gonna be hiding something, whether it's aesthetically or whether it's energetically or whether it's your whole-ass family at home or it's your whole-ass girlfriend at home that you keep saying is an ex, but you keep fucking her every Saturday. So technically, y'all still together because she thinks you're together and she's telling everybody y'all together. So it's almost like, you know, everybody got something they be lying about. So the aesthetic, is it really that serious to go that hard over? I don't think so. And that leads me to my next point. Sometimes you got to get out your uh, comfort zone with your type. Now, for those who know me, I know y'all probably like, damn, really? Because I used to have a type. I used to have me a little type. When I was much, 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 much younger, I liked them pretty, pretty rugged. You know, back in the day, you know, little pretty dude with the cornrows and shit. That was cute back then, right? Then I smartened up and I said, okay, I'm going to date me somebody tall. <laughs> Let's do tall. I'm five even. Anybody that's five, three and up is really tall for me. But I was like, nope, you got to be six feet. You got to be six one. I want tall children. And I understand for breeding purposes, yeah. If you're if you're trying to breed humans, like dogs and shit like that, if you're trying to get the best quality human or the best physical specimen of a human, I can understand your I can understand it to a degree. But if you're really out here for love, sometimes you're gonna have to get outside your comfort zone. Sometimes your your future husband ain't gonna be looking like Idris Elba. He's not gonna be tall. He's not going to be muscular. He might be short. He might be a little stocky. But I guarantee he'll probably treat you better than any other dude you out here fucking. Hoping they treat you decent. And that goes for men too. She's not going to have a flat ass stomach. She's not going to have a fat ass. She's not going to have a beautiful set of titties. And she's not going to have naturally long curly hair. But I guarantee she'll make a good home. She'll have her own job. She'll have a, a, a sense of mind. To possibly raise y'all's children responsibly. Let's not get caught up in the pretty, y'all. As somebody that's been caught up in the pretty before. Don't get caught up in the pretty. Because you never know. Like my father say. Sometimes people sometimes people are pretty pieces of shit. Okay? 
Just because you put lipstick or put gold powder on a piece of shit don't make it anything else than a pretty sparkly piece of shit. And that's words to my pops. Don't get caught up in the pretty where y'all lose out on somebody fire. The older I get, I love personality. Can I vibe with you? Can we hang out? Can I be your friend? Can I trust you, number one? Can I fuck you? It's easy. That's very easy because that's a more of a physical attraction. Everybody can sit there and look at somebody and say, oh, I would probably do them or not do them, right? But when it comes to actually can I build with you, that actually takes getting out of the, the physical piece and you actually having to learn someone. Can I fool with you? Like, can I actually spend a day with you? Can I tolerate your ass? Can we sit in silence? Can I tolerate you during silence? Can I spend the entire day with you? Like, legit spend the entire day with you. Like, actually do things with you. Not just Netflix and chill. Like, sometimes we got to jump out of out of our comfort zone. Also, I think self-assessment is very important. Should I share this story? <coughs> Excuse me, I've been talking so much. It's been 40 minutes. I think I'll go ahead and tell it. Seven years ago, I'm not going to say their name, one of my childhood idols, and I really don't use that word a lot, but when I was a little girl, I looked up to this woman in this group who is really, really, really dope, and I don't use spirit animal for people um, anymore. I used to, and so, you know, you obviously realize that that's for me, it didn't make sense. Oh, you're my spirit animal. It's kind of like, eh. That's another story. But she was in a group with one of my favorite, favorite, favorite artists of all time. Still to this day. And I was able to have dinner at her house once. And... Hmm. Me and the ex that I was dating, not the ex that you guys, I've only had two real relationships if we're going to keep it funky. Um, it was the ex on this episode who is one of my favorite people ever and then the ex before that. The ex before that was a good lesson in relationships and I'll be forever grateful to him for the lessons that I learned. I have nothing bad to say about him either. So um, I was with that ex though and me and this woman are in the car and I was initially starstruck in the beginning because I'm like, yo, like I used to grow up as a little girl with the posters on the wall, CDs. I voted for their VMA. You feel me? Like I'm super juiced to be with somebody I thought was so dope since I was like six years old, you know? And she's talking to me and she's like, you know what? Sometimes we think that love is an excuse to put up with shit that doesn't work. And I felt like she was kind of talking to me, like directly about my situation with the man I was seeing. But she said, you know, she used to talk a lot about dating too. I'm not going to tell you who she is. Don't ask me. Don't DM me. I will never tell who it is. So don't, don't press me for shit, right? I'm trying to be respectful. Um, but she used to talk a lot about dating, right? And she used to get a lot of flack for it. 
And she said, I don't really do what I do talking about dating to be difficult. People that think I'm doing this to be difficult don't get it. She said, I do this to show women that they don't have to settle for the sake of having a partner. And when she said that shit, it echoed in my head and it's echoed in my head ever since. MLK weekend. Every, I'm telling you, I'll never forget it. It was at that moment where I realized I might have been settling number one and I'll never fucking settle again number two. For the sake of having a partner. Sometimes you really have to step out of your comfort zone. And even if it's your own, even if it's your own list sometimes and figure out what you want and don't settle because you don't think he exists. Like I said before, the perfect partner don't exist. But sometimes you have to get out of what you think is perfect to find your one. But it also doesn't mean that you have to settle for no bullshit that you know ain't right either. It's a difference. Sometimes you know this person ain't official, but you might be able to deal with it. Oh, we're going to compromise. Meanwhile, we'll be compromising on non-negotiable shit for the sake of just having a partner. So that, that always stuck with me. Don't settle for the sake of having a partner. Word to the OG who will forever remain nameless. But um, that was a fun night. That was really fun. Maybe I'll tell more details of the story without telling who they are. But it was awesome. Had dinner at her house. You know what I'm saying? Held her Grammys and shit or the VMA I voted for, I was like, yes, bitch. I want to thank the fans, my supporters. I was, oh, I was on. I was, now granted, I ain't do that in front of her. I was too cool for that shit, you feel me? I ain't never been starstruck ever in my life. All the people that I be starstruck over is dead. Prince is gone, MJ gone. Well, Janet, I don't know. But I was doing that in the privacy of her award case and nobody could see me. Y'all better, y'all better know, okay? I had all them things. I was like, woo. But um, <laughs> I will regret telling that story, but I'm going to let that ride. Please keep this in the episode. Do not edit this out. One of my elders told me, though, <laughs> he told me some advice. <laughs> he told me some advice that I thought was interesting. He said, if he asked to ask you raw, he'll stick his dick in anything. And mind you, this is a 65-year-old elder. <laughs> and I kind of was like, <laughs> I was like, okay. <laughs> And <laughs> it's funny because he literally told me straight face if you want to have sex with you raw and that's not your boyfriend that's not your partner or husband long term he'll stick his dick into anything and it got proven true because when I <laughs> came out here there was a dude that actually was like that <laughs> <coughs> oh my god only because <laughs> He was going so hard to do this, and he was promiscuous, and it was like he was self-admitted promiscuous, and I'm, I'm not going to judge him for being honest. I respect that. I respect a person who knows what he is. If you out here in these streets and you can admit that, shout out to you, but it makes you wonder if they telling the truth or not. It's almost like if you going that hard for me, do you go that hard for other people? And it leads me to my next point. Don't trust nobody that's a slave to their genitals, whether he's a slave to his penis or whether she's a slave to her vagina. Because I feel like impulse decisions do not always work out 100%. Sometimes you want to live in the moment, be present. Sometimes that's risky. I get it. But if you're a slave to your genitals, I'm talking about you be compromising on shit. You want to have sex so bad, there ain't no condoms, you still want to have sex anyway. 
y'all grown and y'all free to do what y'all want to do. But y'all might want to watch that. That's 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 something that you might want to observe for some bullshit down the line. They canceling meetings for sex, not getting shit done for sex, not being productive for sex, letting sex take priority over important things. Like legit important things. We ain't talking about, you know, something happening, you're running late to a function because, you know, something may have ran over. You know, I'm talking like legit things that could help their progress and development. They are setting that aside because they want to have sex or they're doing certain things and they're they're setting aside things that could keep you safe because they want to have sex. That's uh, that's wild to me. Again, some people have been there. I mean, some people have had moments where they've given in. I've had moments where I've given in against my better judgment. We all have. But when it becomes a constant practice, that's just something you may want to keep in mind. Oh, and that leads me to my next topic. I'm going to shake the tables on this one. And I think this more so applies to the women because I've heard it come more out of a woman's mouth. It's come out of, it's come out of my mouth at one point in life. Just because this person likes to have sex without rubbers don't mean they like you. That's going to sound fucked up. I'm going to say it again. Just because a person likes not having sex with condoms with you, just say like to raw dog you, does not mean you're special. Okay? It does not mean you're special. What that means is that person is comfortable enough to not protect themselves or you. When they have sex with you. And I think that's as far as it should go. If you're in a relationship and y'all have a monogamous agreement. We are not talking about those agreements. We're talking about a situation ship. We're talking about dating where that is not your man. Or you think that's your man. Or you think that's your lady. And y'all haven't quite had a conversation about it yet. To figure out what y'all doing. In any direction. Whether you want to put labels on it or not. If a person is having sex with you without condoms, that please do not take that as no form of, oh, I'm special. Oh, I'm number one. That might mean that the person he wanted to have sex with before you put the boundary on and was like, no, you're not going to have sex with me without a rubber. And that's why he comes to you because you allow it. Or it can go both ways. Maybe she's comfortable with you and you only. And she has sex with Number two and number three with rubbers. And she only has sex with you raw. Doesn't mean y'all building for a relationship. It doesn't mean that you're the main. If y'all haven't had a conversation about it. I wouldn't even take having raw sex as an assumption of, of anything. Because we already know how raw sex goes. Yeah, we getting real grown today on this episode. So I hope y'all ain't listening around no kids, no children, or nothing like that. Like my grandma say. You know, don't be letting the children hear all the grown talk. But having raw sex does not mean... That y'all are involved on any other level than having sex raw and seeing each other on an occasional basis or however it is y'all get down. Don't put no extras on that, bro. Because when you see him laid up with the next or taking pictures with the next on Instagram, your ass going to be mad. You going to be mad as fuck. Or dude's going to be feeling, oh, she a hoe. She did this and she. No. Because it takes two to tango like that. If you're uncomfortable with having sex without condoms, tell them. And if they push the issue, you don't have to have sex with them. And if you continue to give in, just understand that that's the kind of person you're dealing with. And they will tell you anything. And I say they, I say women and men. I've heard all sorts of dumbass excuses. 
I got money. Don't trip. If you get pregnant, I got money. <laughs> what? Are you serious? What about STDs, sir? I got my test. <laughs> I don't care about... So, you may have had your test three weeks ago, and you could have had sex with somebody two days before you seen me. That don't mean shit to me. The window of exposure is open. I can't... Like, man... Mistakes happen, and I understand you give it some, you give it up sometimes, and you wish you hadn't. And the circumstances may not be the most ideal. I get it, I feel you, but let's not put extras on it. Yeah, my ex and I, I've heard this before. My ex and I, we still have sex raw because we trust each other. Yeah, he's out here fucking another daughter, somebody's grown ass daughter with rubbers two weeks after you and two weeks before you. That don't mean shit. Don't get caught up in the raw penis. What, like Alexis K. Tyler say, one of the dopest OGs when it comes to sex and spirituality, period. And I personally think she's one of the main reasons why women are able to get live like this. I say that because I really do fuck with Alexis K. Tyler. And she's from Atlanta, so it's automatically hometown love. Alexis K. Tyler, when I used to do seasonal episodes, she actually did my first season finale, and it was a two-part episode. And granted, it was a cringeworthy episode from an editing standpoint because I hadn't gotten to the point where I had found my producer. So it's very uh, raw audio. But I highly recommend when you're done with this episode, you go to episode 18 and 19. Because Alexis K. Tyler created the whole... Dick will make you slap somebody, dickmatize, dick will have you out here programmed to think and do some dumbass shit and be seeing things that don't exist. Moving in situations that really don't exist to nobody but you. All because you out there letting him hit the bottom, like she say. And, and in my version or my case, letting him hit that top down stroke. And that shit is dangerous. So know the legend, be careful. Don't put ashes on it. Know what you're dealing with and who you're dealing with. And if the agreement is that, stick to that agreement. Because when you start thinking things are more, expectations start coming through, the only person that's going to get hurt in the situation is going to be you. So just make sure you always keep a constant form of communication with that. And remember, I'm going to keep saying it again, raw sex don't mean you special. It just means they're comfortable enough to not protect themselves or you. While having sex. So that's another thing we just got to lay down. How long is the episode? That's why it's supposed to be this long. Oh my gosh, we're almost at an hour. Have I covered everything? Let's see. I guess we'll keep this as, I mean, we're on the note of having sex anyway. Your partner's test is not your test. If your partner doesn't have HIV, your partner doesn't have HIV. Doesn't mean you don't have HIV. And I think it's very important that people get tested quarterly. And I'm saying that because being from Atlanta, I know Atlanta gets a lot of jokes about the HIV, which I don't think is funny at all. Because it's an epidemic and people talk shit about Atlanta like Atlanta ain't nothing but a flight away. Um, and as if, honestly, L.A. and Atlanta don't have a lot of mixing when it comes to entertainment and just things in general. Like, Atlanta's a very busy city, just like L.A. So it's nothing for somebody to go there on business and come back, you know what I'm saying, and, and do whatever. So I just feel like it's kind of like, 
I'm not with the with the jokes when it comes to Atlanta um, and their HIV rates. It's very scary. It's very alarming. And don't let anyone tell you that your testing schedule is too frequent. I actually had a conversation with someone um, who works at an HIV center who told me that quarterly is actually a good look for those who are sexually active, regardless of your partner amounts because of the windows of exposure and things like that. So if you want to go get tested quarterly, don't let nobody shame you. I remember when I was younger, I tried to do that. And my gynecologist at the time, she actually told me that I was, or she implied that I was doing too much because I was getting tested quarterly. She was like, oh, what, how many partners you having? And I feel like as a trained professional, that's none of your fucking business, number one, um, unless I'm telling you something for the sake of my health. And number two, it, it puts the shame and the stigma on people trying to take their health into their own hands. And um, the gag is I was actually celibate at the time. But I just wanted to make sure, because, again, I just wanted to make sure that I was kind of paranoid too. But I was kind of like, you know, I just want to make sure, like, am I wrong? Like, even if I'm not having sex with somebody, just the habit of getting tested, what's wrong with that, you know? So don't let nobody, like, try to shame you into, you know, you know, getting your, your status every quarter. Now, getting tested every week, that's low-key testing anxiety. I don't know about that. Um, because if the window of exposure is the window of exposure, nothing's going to change from that weekend before unless the window is over and you can kind of get a test from that point. But, um, but yeah, if you want to go every quarter, do your thing, you know what I mean? And what, is there anything else I want to say before I leave? Anything else? Be honest with yourself about what you're doing. Before you point your finger talk about somebody being a hoe, or somebody not doing this, or men and women not doing this. Look at yourself first. Are you perfect? Probably not. Nobody is. So before we try to talk shit about other people and start throwing them stones at glass houses, let's make sure our glasses are made of the finest of glass because them same rocks can break our glasses too. So um, try not to judge those that are out here living their truth unapologetically because you can't live yours. I don't think that's fair. It's not fair to you, really. It's not fair for somebody who cannot live truthfully. And I'm not saying openly either. I'm not saying you got to tell your business and be like, oh, I fucked three people today. And I, you know, you have to be that person. You don't have to be. Transparency and telling people your business because they want to know, that's different. Because some folks only want transparency to be nosy. That's different and we're not talking about that. But for those that are comfortable in how they get down on any level, let alone dating, I feel like if we're not comfortable in our own truth, how, how dare we judge somebody else? Because ultimately, all we are responsible for is our own truth. If we can't live that, then who the fuck are we to talk about anybody else? You know what I mean? So, the mistake mixtape is something I wanted to do to share with you all the things I go through on the journey, learning day by day, just like you, as I always say. I'm never above my own advice. And... um. <laughs> This is going to be interesting. And this episode's mistake. Hmm, should I keep it in the line of the episode? Yes. My mistake was that I ignored my intuition and entertained somebody I had no business entertaining. This person wasn't married, wasn't involved with nobody else or anything like that. This person just wasn't deserving. It was like... That it was at 85%. Like, 85% of you is solid, but that 15%, I can't put my finger on it, but something ain't right. And I realized 
they weren't compatible with me at all. And I also realized that they be posturing it, being on some bullshit. And the cold part was they were low-key the inspiration for fake-ass boo on episode 75, Energy Vampires. They postured very, very nicely, and I peeped the posturing. I said, yeah, I'm not impressed by the car. It's a nice car. I'm not impressed by the car. I'm not impressed by the clothes. That's all tangible shit. But I realized that this person is a little more broken than I initially thought. And like me and my ex said on the last episode, there's nothing wrong with being broken because essentially we all have things we need to fix, right? It's nothing when you present yourself as cool, but you low-key need to work on some shit. And it wasn't until after I'd already started entertaining this man until he told me he needed some shit to work on. But he still was acting like he had no shit that he had to work on. It was weird. It was like a weird posturing, manufactured mystery mixed with um, strategic vulnerability. And I was just like, nah, this shit ain't gonna work. We on two different frequencies. You got too much shit going on. And I can't fool with the shit. So, um, yeah. And it's no it's no love lost. It's just we can be friends. But I can't fool with you on any other level other than that. So, that was the mistake I made. So, next time, I will not ignore my intuition. And if, they don't, if it's not a hell yes, it's a hell no. So, that's how we moving. So, um... I mean, sometimes we learn those mistakes. It takes us, like, what, three, four times sometimes to make the same mistakes to where we get it. And plus, everything is circumstantially. Everyone's different. So sometimes you may not. Sometimes you got to kiss a couple of frogs before you get your prince. You know what I'm saying? Like, I mean, it happens. But, um, but yeah, that was a mistake I made. So, you know, intuition never lies. Even if you can't put your finger on it, your intuition is telling you something for a reason. Don't ignore it. It's really, really special and it's very important. But that was this week's episode about dating, I guess, from <laughs> from a homegirl, just like you perspective, the spiritual homegirl perspective. Um, if you haven't subscribed to the podcast, definitely do so. I'm on Apple Podcasts and Anchor Overcast, Pocket Cast. Um, I am on Spotify. Yes, I'm on Spotify as well. If you haven't left the review of the podcast, definitely hit your Apple Podcast page up. Go to Spiritual Hunger on Apple Podcast. Scroll down to the bottom and leave your girl a review. I would appreciate it. Stars are cool, but I would really like some words so people can get an objective review of what the show is. Um, so thank you very much. I really appreciate it. And what else is going on? Tribe Letter is going to be on a bi-weekly le- uh, basis until further notice. I don't like to create content for the sake of forcing things. I want to make sure that if I put out something for people to um, to digest, it's not because I'm forcing things. I feel like the intention automatically is soured when you put out things that are contrived. So for me, I just want to make sure that my intentions are always pure and out of love and genuine. So my tribe letter will go out bi-weekly starting this Monday. And... um. Oh, and I got to clarify, just because I make these observations doesn't mean there's a problem with my dating life. For the record, my dating life is awesome, and my love life is just as awesome, if not more awesome. But I wouldn't have got to that point if I hadn't been able to come to the realizations that I did on this episode. So, yeah, I think that's everything. Hey, boo, you got anything you want to talk about on dating? You got any quick dating advice for anybody? Hey, y'all, my roommate Boo just came home, so I figured I would ask her before she started doing laundry. Any dating advice? Just one dating advice? Uh, 
pull out? This is why I don't have her on the show. See, well, I mean, that's it. That's that's advice. Pull out. It's the only advice I got. It's the only advice you got. Pull out. Pull out of what? That could be taken so many different ways. Pull out in every way possible. See, there we go. Abort mission. Abort mission. So if some shit ain't right, pull out. <laughs> if it ain't going right, pull out. If you're in too deep. If you're in too deep, pull out. <laughs> so with that being said, I'm going to pull out of this episode because I got things to do. The Pan-African Film Festival is tonight. And I need to see for Evan's sakes because I need to go support. Shout out to Evan and OD and all of them at the show. And I'm going to go ahead and enjoy myself over in Crenshaw. This has been another episode of the Spiritual Homegirl Podcast. My name is Maria. And remember, trust the journey and trust yourself and to pull out. Peace. <laughs>